Welcome, welcome, welcome to the podcast, What's Your Favorite Song? It's a conversation podcast where we start every interview off by asking that impossible question, what's your favorite song? I'm your host, David Ashley, and what I want you to do for me today is hit that subscribe button. But along with hitting that subscribe button, let's finish the job, if you will, and hit the notifications button. And also, just to help me out as a favor to me, go ahead and rate us. Rate us and leave a comment. Leave a review. It could be a quick one-word review, whatever you feel, but do that for me, okay? Um, so, last night, uh, I'm sorry, last week, I left you all with a um, quick episode, um, which which nobody listened to. <laughs> It's cool though. It's cool. Like I that that lets me know that Dave, it ain't about you. It's about the the people that you interview, and I appreciate it. Um, but the reason I ask you all to hit this um, the notifications button is because I've noticed that some some people without prompting forget because they they're subscribed, but they don't when they don't get the notifications they don't uh, they don't listen. So. They'll hit me up like, "Hey, you haven't you haven't dropped the episode," but it's like, "Nah, you gotta you gotta do the notifications." Like if it doesn't come to them the, the same way, and we're creatures of habit, I get it. But uh, go ahead and do that for me. And um, so anyway, left you all without an episode, a, a real episode last week. Um, I got to spend some time with family, some much needed time with family. Um, so you know, to to had to celebrate cousin Scott's 50th birthday um and it was great I saw some people I didn't intend on seeing and it was icing on the cake you know some some you can't I, you know like I, I said on I think I put this on Facebook or Instagram one of the two that it's such a whirlwind of 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 moves that you're making when you, when you go back home and you're trying to visit people and you can't get everybody. You got to match up times, and let's try to get this lump of people in at the same event so I can see everybody. So, for those of you, you know, I didn't get a chance to see. Um, still love you. Apologize, but um, you know, uh, there's there's always next time. You know, and I forgot what prediction did I make for uh, the uh, the finals? Whatever it was, I don't think it was. Two to two. Did I say no? I think I said Golden State two to one by by Monday, and I think I was wrong on that. It was actually the other way around because Golden State tied it up on Monday, and I ain't gonna lie to you, it's not looking good for good. Now it's tied two to two, but it's not looking good for Golden State. They don't have enough offense. Um, Clay is not his old self. You know, and and how could he be right? Tore his ACL, then turn around, tore his Achilles. Like I'm talking about right after one after the other. And the NBA is, you know, for any professional league, you got to get those reps up. Not having those reps matter. And I don't even think Clay came back at the beginning of the season. I think he came back sometime toward the middle. Um, but you know, but. Steph, uh, Steph Curry put on a heroic 
you know, a heroic performance the other night on um, uh, Friday night. But Boston can't seem, you know, Boston doesn't seem to be consistent. It's like they don't step on your neck. I, they're too good to have Marcus Smart, who's good. You know, he's hit some big shots for them, but they're too good to have Marcus Smart shooting their final five shots of a game or within, you know, two to three minutes of a game to have Marcus Smart shoot a three, getting a long rebound, and them tipping it back to him so he can shoot another three. Uh, that's just, you know. But nonetheless, uh, Ime Oduka, um, you know, he's doing a hell of a job in his first season as a as a head coach. And um, so, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully, you know, there, there are good games on the way uh, from here on out. And I got a little $10 wager on Golden State. So we'll see. We'll see. So this week, I have another special guest. Listen, they're all special guests, okay? Uh, but we have Tiffany Danielle. Uh, she is a therapist. And, you know, I just, you know, the last couple of years has been big talk about uh, therapists and um, mental health. And uh, I think it's important. Um, I have been to therapy before. I'm, I'm actually looking for a therapist right now, to, you know, to go back. But that's something that I couldn't have admitted, you know, 12, 13, 15 years ago. It, it's um, so anyway, we, we get a little into that and, you know, we get into some music stuff. Uh, the musical note for today is about uh, the time that Hammer jumped out of himself and challenged the king of pop. Uh, so we're going to get that story in. And the next voices that you hear would be those of myself and Tiffany Danielle. Let's go. And we are live. Good people. I have uh, another amazing guest this week. And um, multifaceted, of course. Um, she is an actor. She's a mother. She is a motivator right she's an inspirer if that's even she you know i don't even know if that's a word she is a therapist um among a bunch of other things i'm talking about 5k runs all the k runs and all that other kind of stuff that, you know all the kind of stuff that you cringe at when you think about doing she does it deals with the uncomfortable parts of your life to make you better um, I have today the realest person you will ever meet, <laughs> <laughs> Tiffany Danielle. Welcome, Tiffany. How are you? I'm good. How are you, David? I'm happy to be here. Good, good. Thanks for coming on. Tiffany was also on my my other podcast, David Ashley Podcast. But you know, we wanted to bring it since the audience won't come. We'll bring her here and kind of talk about. Um, you know, some of the same things, it's, uh, you know, a few years ago. So uh, perhaps some things have changed. So, Tiffany, we're going to get right into it. OK. OK. Um, okay. Tiffany, what's your favorite song? So 
this is really hard for me to decide. <laughs> no, no, and listen, it's a weird, it's a it's a terrible question. Okay. I'm uh-huh. weird and I have one. So I expect everybody else to have one, but this is why I started it because it was like, wait, wait, you don't have a favorite song, but who does? I'm right. weird. Because I'm like, okay, do I do categories? Like times in your life? You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. but I could narrow, I narrowed it down to two. Okay. And my two songs are Stevie Wonder as. And Raphael Sadiq, Ask of You. Ooh. That's a good one. Forget about that Ooh. one. Huh? That was a cold song. And I came to, the, I, I decided on those. I came to that conclusion because I was thinking, what songs can I listen to and really enjoy despite what they're saying? Because, you know, some songs you like, Okay, if I'm going to the gym, I want to hear some like trap music, but just like on a regular day, I ain't trying to hear that. Like, right, you know right, what I'm saying? Right, right, or right. Mary J. Blige is good, but I ain't trying to listen to her big all the time. Like, so I'm like, like, what do I, what songs do I like despite what they're saying? I got to be in love, I got to do this, but I'm like, ooh, this is like the jam. And those wow. are the two songs. And Stevie Wonder's as is because. The lyrics are just so beautiful. Oh, like until the eight times eight times eight is four. Yes. Till the this- dolphins fly and Paris swim at sea. My God. Right. I'm like, who thought of this? This is like amazing. Those words. Yeah, the legend, the legend like- is that he was when he was in this car accident and mm-hmm. he woke well, he was in a coma for some mm-hmm. time and he woke up and that's the first song you wrote now. How true that is, I've heard it from some people who were mm-hmm. around, but that's that's wild to think of. But 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 again, you know, he was on a three album, four album run where it felt like he was getting lyrics directly from God. So right, 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 right. So, so who knows? Right. I was like, that's those funny. words. So that in the Raphael Sadiq, oh. um, lyrically is not the same, but it's just when you hear that song, it just touches you in a way yeah. it's simple but it's like dang what is it about this song it's it's, it's, it's that song messed me up when i was a teenager because <laughs> i was like he's simply explaining <laughs> to her this is what i this is what i want This is what I require. Then when you grow up, it's like, nah, it ain't that simple when it should be. Wow. So those are my two. I know you expected something different probably. No, no, no. no. Okay, okay. Oh, yeah, no. Listen, I thought something trapped. Some Chicago was going (laughs) on. But hey. Oh, we're not finished That's good. Okay. So those are my two. So what, um, what is the first album that you owned or purchased? So the first album I owned was Criss Cross. I went to bed late, but I didn't think late would affect me. Only came around then late, one left me. 
jump. Chris, when Chris Cross came out, I didn't know anything about albums, but when they when Chris Cross came out, it was on. It was a rap, huh? Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> that was that's the first amazing. one that I purchased. Yes. Oh man, boys in the hood. I missed the bus. It's like yes. somebody was really surprised. I went to bed late, but I didn't think late would affect me. Early came around and late. Then late wouldn't let me. Wake up, wake up, so I can get dressed. So I can get dressed. Oh, look. Nobody was mad because I gave it no rest. Give it a rest. Yeah, let's go. Shout out to Chris Cross. Rest in peace to Chris, uh, the other Chris. I forgot. Chris Mm -hmm. Kelly. Yeah, I think it's Chris Kelly. Yep, Chris Kelly. Yeah. And um, yeah, you know, that was was a great time, man. It was great times. Okay, so what's, if you have one, what's your favorite Mm -hmm. album? So here again, you got me caught in the spot. So. I've narrowed it down to another two. So my two, this was all, this was harder than the song, but um, I did the Kanye West college dropout. And I did Maroon 5 songs about Jane. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so college dropout of course because i'm from chicago and just so many things he talked about i felt like it was my life on an album yeah. um i yeah. could just relate to it so much and i felt like it was so diverse like in the things he talked about so if you were in this mood you can go i mean you had a song if you wanted to be like pro-black like we need to get it right. together there was a song if you just wanted to be like, whatever, it's a song, it's the family reunion song. It just had everything. It's like you could play it from the wow. beginning to the end. The in, the intros, the outros, everything was like, wow. was just in it. So that's why wow. I love the, the college. Three years, can't pick a career. Oh, yeah, yes, the whole great. thing. Yeah. So, yeah. and I'm not saying that's the best album ever. But no, no, no. That is it's the, one of his best, like yeah. So that's that's one of Ye's best. Man, I, I'd say that's top. For some people, it's top two. For me, it's top three. Yeah, I mean, okay. I have a my favorite one is Lay Registration. Well, it's a mix between Lay Registration and My yeah. Sick Dark Twisted Fantasy, and then okay. College Dropout, the third. But is your third? Okay. No, that you know, and you know, I was in college at the time, and it was one of those things where I was like, oh, this is something. It felt like the album was for me. Yes, right, to your exactly. It, was, it felt like it was for me because I couldn't talk the same thing as, you know, with Jay-Z, you know what I mean? Was talking in the 50s, you know, I could be fans of that, but right. to really relate to the album, uh, that's what Ye kind of brought to the table down back mm-hmm. then. And um, like how, uh, like we all self-conscious, I'm just the first to admit it. Man, what? And like how I went Ooh, to go buy a chain before I bought a house. Man. <laughs> Oh, and man, man. I don't care. Like, it's man. Like, he said, man, we can't even go to the grocery store without some ones that's clean and the shirt with a team. Yes. What are you talking yes. about? That's amazing. Um, 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 and he's like, and I know it's wrong. Like, and I know it's wrong. I'm still doing it. I'm still doing it. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was no, great. That's great. That's great. And then songs about Jane. Let's go. <laughs> So, 
So 0304 was your year. That's what it fit. Both of those albums, 0304 season. So though that that must have been your that must have been your year. You are so funny. So funny thing, I used to, it's a little story, I used to intern at J Records when Maroon 5 was um, first came out. And when they first dropped songs about Jane, like nobody liked, like, no, like nobody was like um, catching to Maroon 5. I used to be in the tour bus, like it was like, nobody cared about them. Like I used to have to show up at the events and kind of like do extra publicity. You know how at Target they used to have the yeah. music on the thing and you could listen to the whole mm -hmm. album. We were putting it there. Nobody like cared about Maroon 5. Then eventually, like two years later, it's like everybody just caught on to them. But I always loved every single song on their on their album. Like it again, that's another um they usually talk about love, but it's just something about the yeah. melodies and like the rhythms and like how he talks about like, this love is taking over me and I have no oh, choice. Man. Um, yeah, yeah, just she the, will be loved is my my joint and Sunday morning. Oh my god, Sunday, Sunday morning. morning. That's a song that never came out. That I, I, I feel like should did that song come out? Wait, it didn't yeah, come out. Yeah, on the radio, it was not a single. Um, that it was. I heard it on the radio. Wait, she will be. I heard it on the radio. I was in Nashville at the time, so, oh, so I heard it. Know. I heard it on the radio, but it wasn't like you know. It definitely wasn't. Like uh, she will be loved, or or uh, this love is taking over. That was yeah, this that love was crazy. The yeah. So um, even the way the so, albums, man, that mm -hmm. hard. <laughs> it's just yeah. And you're like, wait, is that am I? This is kind of poppy, right? Am I into yeah. this pop? Like you know. Um, yeah. But it was soulful still, in many ways. Yeah. Um, so those were my two again ones that I feel like I can listen to. From beginning to end, mm, yeah. it kind of not feel like it's kind of the same thing over and over again. It takes yeah. taking you like different places. Even now with current Maroon Five songs, I'd be like, who would ever thought to, to even talk about that? Like who would like some some of their like current songs? But anyway, those are my yeah. two. No, like, it used to rain a lot in Nashville, and uh, on Sunday mornings, that's what that that was my joint. If it rained. Mm -hmm. That was like my excuse to play Sunday, especially when it rained on a Sunday. Oh, come mm -hmm. on, man. Stop playing. That in that room for squares. I was hitting those heavy. <gasps> so funny yeah. you said room for squares because I was trying to determine if I was going to do Maroon 5 or room for squares. Uh John Mayer, oh my God, that neon, yeah. neon, Come on. neon, neon. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, my yeah. God, that's yeah. hilarious that you said. That's exactly yeah. I was trying to pick, but I was like, no, nah, I think Maroon Five had more thumpers than John Mayer on this one. Oh. But he hit, yeah, the I think he just that that best friend, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. John Mayer. Okay. Oh, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. Um, so. How about your, uh, okay, listen, I know you have reservations, but your first concert. So my first concert was TLC. It was TLC oh. when they were on tour with MC Hammer. 
time out time out flag on play what's happening here i think they were yeah tlc they were on tour with mc hammer they were on tour i think they opened for mc hammer with mr barrett i'll be doggone wait what album this must have been pumps in the bump this must have been pumps in the bump hammer must have been wow yeah the two legit to quit tour yep I just, I just looked it up. That was an album. I'm like, wait, am I tripping? Oh, to quit. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I just went down to the for MC Hammer. Like rabbit hole that I'm glad for it because I think some stuff might come out of it. Um, <clears throat> wow. That was the okay. first one. And I remember distinctly my mom surprised me and my friend because I love crisscross, but my friend TLC was my second favorite at the time. But it was my uh, best friend. TLC was her number one, right? And my mother okay. liked MC Hammer. So when yeah, they were on be. tour, she like picked us up one day, like, "Oh, we're going somewhere." It was at the Rose My Horizon. Let's get it. <laughs> um. So we went to TLC. We got there. We're like, "Oh, at the TLC concert." Yep, that was the first concert. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's dope. That's dope. Um. So what is um. What is your favorite concert? So I don't have a favorite. I don't go to concerts a lot. I didn't mm -hmm. think about that until That's you asked. I don't really, there's times where I'm like, oh, I need to go, but I never really do it. So I don't even go to concerts that much, but I'm gonna change no. that. I, yeah, I don't. So, so what's the last concert you've been to as you can remember? The no? The last concert—I don't even think I can remember. Mm -mm. You really don't be messing with concerts. I don't know, that's... but that's not a conscious decision. Like mm -hmm. I, like I said, it didn't even hit me till you till you asked, and I'm like, yeah, I concerts. I mean, my, you know, I don't Wait. go to a lot of concerts either. Go ahead. I remember the last concert I went to. Let's go. Uh, sure. It was Usher at Madison Square Garden when he was what? on tour. Mm -hmm. What? It was you Usher. can't just drop that on. Like you didn't remember Usher. <laughs> this it must have been like a confessions tour or something. Confessions, yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I don't. I don't see. Um. I don't go to a lot of concerts, but I love live music. I guess. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, when in a smaller venue, but. Um, but the ones that I do go to, you know, I, like, I don't see every, how about this? I don't see everybody in concert. I have a small list of people that I really like to see, but I get surprised every once in a while. So I get it. I understand that. Um, cool. Unless I, we count. Sorry. Let's go. I, was, I saw Dave Chappelle in the Netflix is a joke tour and Erica. Oh, Dylan all right. <laughs> okay. She Does did. That count? I guess that counts. Yeah. Yeah. It counts, but I didn't go to see her. So yeah, <laughs> okay, I get it, I get it. So you survived that, okay? You good? You survived it? You made it through? I told you you make it through. <laughs> so, um, let's see. So Tiffany, where are you from? 
I'm from Chicago, Illinois. Okay. Okay. What was the, um, or where did the interest for therapy come in? So I wanted to be an actor since I was young, but I also wanted to be a therapist. I just didn't have the words for that. Like I didn't know what it meant. It wasn't until I, I, cause when things happen to people, I never judged them or I never judged people's actions. I always wanted to know why, but why did they do that? So, um, and then as I, as time went on, like when I was in college, people would always consult with me on certain things because they would say, you know how to tell people things and not um, upset them. Like they oh, would wow. say that. Okay. So, um, That's great. That's so great. they would like consult and say, well, what do you think about this? Or if they wanted to be talked out of something, they would tell me, like they would come to me and ask me. So, um, so it was always there, but I knew that to be a therapist, I needed additional schooling, like after college. And you know, when you're young, you're like, I was at that point where it's like, I don't want to do any extra school after I go to college. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I also took a psychology class in college that I hated. Like, I was like, if this is what it's about, like, I'm good. So I'm, I just continued my, I was going to do double major in theater and psychology, but I just kept it as theater because I was like, psychology is seeming. And where, right and where was that? At Clark Atlanta University. Clark Atlanta. Okay. <laughs> and, so I continued and I graduated as a theater major. And then some years later down the line, I kept getting this, having this nudge to still pursue the therapy. At that point, I was a little older. By a little mm-hmm. older, I meant like 25. Um, <laughs> I realized two years, because two years of my life is not a long time. Like the past two years have gone by like a blink of an eye. So just do it, just go back, get your degree and you know continue. So um, so then I started looking into it and I was like, this works great with acting because if I can make my own schedule and I kind of own my own business, then the audition issue is like no biggie. I'm on my own schedule. So- That's gold out here. Right. Your own schedule is golden. Like that's, that's the currency, yeah. So I, um, so I applied and I just went back and then I became a therapist and now I guess I'm an acting therapist, which sounds like an acting therapist. Nice, nice. <laughs> um, okay, right quick, I want to go back and um, I should have included this first. You know, Atlanta is uh, super black, also, but Chicago is as well, right? I mean, mm-hmm. but but it's also although segmented, right? Ex- describe how you felt about Atlanta when you got there. And, your, you know, your experience, uh, you know, living in Atlanta for that time. Oh, I loved oh. Atlanta. Um, it was definitely different than Chicago, but the sense of black pride was the same. Mm. And when I went to Atlanta, I wanted to go to, to college in a place where I wasn't like in a college town. Like I wanted to be more of a city. Uh, so. Yeah. Um, it was great being there and then being in the city. So there was still a lot going on. So you can get into a lot of things. Like, like I said, I was at records. People had like you were just in the in the mix of things. But coming from Chicago and going to Atlanta, I don't think it wasn't a huge transition, a, a huge adjustment, because so many people from my high school or people that I knew from high school went to my school anyway. 
So mm, it's like who was just transported there. So it was like, okay, Chicago, like, so you quickly didn't I mean, you were at home because your home kind of came. You know what I'm saying? Um, got it, got it. So it wasn't it wasn't hard. I thought it was it, it was very it was similar, except for like you said, Chicago is more more segregated in the way okay. the city is like set up. But it I don't it wasn't a hard transition for me. Okay. All right. So now you know you're in LA and you're into therapy. Um, you've, you've made the decision to become a therapist. Um, what were some of your, oh, by the time you had become that, had you actually gone, had you had been in therapy? Had I done therapy before I decided to be a therapist? Yes. Correct. Not okay. like, not regularly, but I had seen one before. Yes. Okay. 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 So what were some of your, um, insecurities or concerns coming into to to therapy um insecurities were mm -hmm. the way i looked because i didn't think people would take me seriously because i looked younger so i'm mm -hmm. like what older people are going to look at me and say oh she can teach you know she can show me what to, um give me advice on what to do or whatever that was one i think that was the major thing that i had to get over like when i would take pictures i would try to pick one pick ones that made me look a little bit more mature wow <laughs> wear glasses <laughs> wear gla yeah you remember wear glasses <laughs> smile not as big you know just so that i didn't want to mm. look fun i wanted to look like fun, right. serious <laughs> you know like you had it got it so I think that, okay. was the, that was the only thing. So, okay. Um, so describe, so, all right. So when I've told people in the past that I was thinking about going to therapy and I have been before, mm -hmm. but I told people in the past, it was, you know, family. It was just like, well, you know, you can talk to God too. <laughs> right. So how did you circumnavigate or were you met with any of that friction in your journey toward either, you know, being in therapy or pursuing it as a career? I was never met with that. Okay. Um, but I have clients who have, who deal with that. Like, um, Got it. but me personally, I, I felt like, but God made therapists. So, I mean, I that's mean, right. <laughs> that, that's that's the, the logical right thought, but still, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He made doctors, but not therapists, not them therapists. Right. Don't you ain't gotta talk to them. You're on the main right. line. Tell him what you want. Tell exactly. Him. Like, how do we exclude therapists, but we include everybody else? Um, right. yeah, I never had any um resistance from anybody in my family or anything when it came to okay. that. Okay. Okay. Well, that's good. I mean, that's you know, yeah, that's good. Um so so describe to me what you do as a therapist. If you had to explain to someone, you're like, well, what does the therapist do? What are you mm -hmm. responsible mm -hmm. for? What is it that you think you do versus what mm -hmm. other people think you do? That's a great question a because uh, I've people want different things. It's so funny with therapy. Sometimes I get clients who come in and they have an issue and I realized they want me to be a mediator. Mm. Like they don't necessarily want therapy. 
they want mediation. They want, there's an issue. They want me to be the mediator in them rectifying the problem. It's not necessarily that they want, you know, deep therapy. So sometimes it's that. Um, and sometimes in general though, what I try to do with people is you come to me and you say, I'm having issues with this thing, whether it be anxiety, depression, or it doesn't even have to be that specific. It can be uh, every time um, I try to do this thing, I keep hitting this wall, right? So can I? Can you help me with that? So generally what I'm trying to do is listen for what I am doing, not trying, but listen and figuring out what habits this person has that may be hindering them from accomplishing the goals that they are trying to achieve. And I help bring that to light. And then we figure out tools to improve it so that they get the outcome that they want. Because generally as a therapist, when you tell me what's going on, I basically, I can assess what's going wrong based on certain behaviors. So then we work on how you change those behaviors so that you get the outcome that you want. That's a general situation. Got it. So that, excuse me, that helps, I guess, my next question, right? Which was, you know, percentage wise, how much, or can you come to therapy and just, uh, because a lot of it, if, and correct me if I'm wrong, is just having someone to talk to and getting stuff off your chest. Mm -hmm. But, But there's another more, I don't know if it's more important, but another crucial element of it that where you have to be willing to work and take those suggestions that you talk about, those tools Mm -hmm. and kind of work Mm -hmm. through. So is there a way to come to it without, um, are you wasting your money and time if you're not willing to take the tools? Can you just come there to get stuff off your chest and leave you know, positively affected by the experience. I hear what you're saying, Um, which is goes to another category of people. I've only told one. I have the category Mm. of people Mm. who just want to talk. Got it. They are, they like to get things out and they hear themselves. They want to hear themselves just say things. I give some feedback or I give a little bit of, uh, I give a few comments and they're okay with that. Now I have therapist friends who don't like to do that. Like they are like, they look at their situation, they look at their practices like a doctor. Like, Mm. what do you need? Once it's done, you're done, you move on. I'm not necessarily like that. If you feel like you need to talk and we're just talking, like I have a couple of clients where they, they do a rundown of what happened in the week. And then I say, Based on what I know their goals are, I'll, I'll ask a couple of questions like, okay, but what about this? We know we're supposed to be working on this. And they're like, yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> and they know they're not doing anything moving towards that goal, but this is beneficial to them. And mm. therapy is so tricky because you never know what's healing to a person. If they've mm, never yeah. had anybody to talk to, or like, for instance, a situation with, during COVID, and I was the only adult that this person talked to Mm. outside, you know, of life, then that's a healing interaction. So, um, so to answer your question, I think it's up to them to determine whether or not they're wasting their money. 
and I'll do check-ins. Oh. It's like, are you benefiting? Do you feel like you're benefiting from this? I, like I do that. I have something that I do periodically. Like, what have you learned? Do you feel like you're benefiting? Because those particular clients I worry about because I'm like, what, like, what, what are we doing? You know? So, but they'll say, they'll, on the questionnaire, they'll give me an answer. No, no, this is benefits me because, and I'm like, okay. You know, it's not necessarily in my mind what I look at as a, um, what would be beneficial, but for them oh, no. it's different and you can't, okay. you can't decide for them, you know? Interesting. Okay. That's, but then okay. I do have people though, that are like, you're not giving me tools and they're not getting the outcomes that they want, but it's because they aren't doing the work. So there are people yeah. that are in that category too. Cause I have some people that are like, you're not giving me the tools and I, and I list like, it's not a tool, like, like you know, like, something that you would get you know. from a doctor, but we'll go over habits. The habit mm -hmm. is a tool. Create a boundary. That's a tool. You know what I mean? But you're not doing it. And they're looking it. right past that. And they're exactly. saying, nope, I don't want to do that, but give me something else. That'll work and make me feel better. That'll work, right. Without me having to do that thing that's too uncomfortable, perhaps. or that's, Exactly. You know, that, exactly. I, that I'm used to doing that I can't stop doing. Give me another one. Give me another one. <laughs> Give me another one. Okay. Okay. Um, that's fascinating. How do you, this is, <clears throat> excuse me. Is it, is it heavy to the point where you have to decompress? Like, how do you do that? How do you not bring it home? Or, mm -hmm. or, or are you used to it? I don't want to say jaded, but are you so used to it that it, it, you know how like decompressing or, or compartmentalizing is, is, easier for you now or can you mm -hmm. um i think it's one of those things where i heard a friend say when it's your gift it's not as heavy and that transition mm. isn't as hard because at the end of the day i only work with adults so i know what's happening right and i know what they can do and cannot do and mm. I take comfort in, in the fact of knowing I give you the tools, but I can't force you to use them. Okay. And if you're using them, then things will get better. So I know okay. that they will improve. And that's where um, I have the hope. And that's where, you know, I, I'm not like down for them. Okay. okay. But then if you don't. And use uh, do you have any advice? No, I was going to say. And if you don't use the no. tools then I don't feel heavy because that's your choice not to use the tools. So then it's not, it. you know, my pro problem. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, and do you have any advice for anyone who's on the fence about therapy or, you know, seeking it? Um, I think the most important thing with therapy is to find someone that you genuinely feel comfortable with and that you feel, um, is for you. Like sometimes when we look at therapists, we go, you know, we just look at names on the directory and say, okay, that's the first one. It's not like the doctor, because the doctor, those, you know, certain things are like standard. What your high blood, what your blood pressure is, is your blood pressure. It's like whatever. Like any doctor can tell you, you know. But when you're when you're entering a relationship that requires you to open up and share things that you may you may have never shared with anybody and really sort through 
what you want for your life, you want to make sure that that person is kind of aligned with, um, makes you feel comfortable, makes you feel comfortable, understands you, and um, you believe that they'll guide you in a way that will be most beneficial for you or have you open up and kind of challenge yourself. And sometimes we just pick a name and say, okay, yeah, I mean that's find a match. I guess I'm saying that's that's something that the first time well, I've only been once, but the time that I did go years ago, it was um it was just a referral. <laughs> and the first time I showed up, he wasn't there, and then it was just and then I went to a couple of you know sessions. Then I saw him out somewhere like at a Hollywood function. I was like, oh no, I want to see fam. I don't want to see dude. Let me chill out. Um. But yeah, so okay. And what um no, I think you just I think you just answered that question. It was uh what advice do you have for people you know, for where or how about this? What advice do you have for people on where to look for a therapist? Oh, where to look for a therapist? Um, it's a lot of websites, fittherapy.com, psychologytoday.com. Most insurance companies have a provider directory that they can go through. But then okay. that's what I mean. You have to take the like have the I mean take the additional initiative to see who the person is and kind of can have a consultation and all that. But the most popular places I think are Psychology Day, Psychology Today, and GoodTherapy.com. Okay, okay, okay. Well, that was that portion uh, of of the um, of the interview. Now we have. We have another portion I like to call um, play by ear. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'll just give you two options. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then you just choose mm -hmm. one without any explanation. Okay. All right. You okay. ready? Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, so we're going to go. Um... Oh, okay. Check this out. Uh, song. We're going to go songs now. These are the times by Drew Hill or Beauty by Drew Hill. Ooh, just pick one. Ooh, just pick one. These are the times. Mm, got it. Okay. Um, hey, by Crucial Conflict or Pope Hempin by Pope <laughs> That was easy. Okay. Um, oh, Santa Monica Stairs or Culver City Stairs? Culver City. Got it. Those are harder or easier? Harder. Got it. Got it. Okay. Chicago-wise, west side or south side? South side. Let's get it. Okay. All right. And uh, Maestro's or Boa? <laughs> Maestro's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's go. And then um, Harold's or Uncle Remus? I got to ask you that. I don't even know what Uncle Remus is, so I'm going to go with Harold's. <laughs> got it. Got it. Tiffany. You made it. I made it. Told you it wasn't gonna be hard. Like people, a lot of people come on, not you, but people <laughs> be like, all right, what I gotta talk about? I, I don't know. They be squeamish, and I get it, but it's easy. Okay, we got in and out. And uh man, it's a whole lot more we could have uh gone into and talked about. Uh, but is there anything you you like to promote or you know tell people where to reach you, how to reach you, if you want them to reach you? Go ahead. <laughs> um <laughs> 
if you want to reach me, if you're looking, if anyone's looking for a therapist, then you can um, contact me. My website is colormewelltherapy.com. Um, other than that, thanks for having me. Oh, wow. Thanks for being on. On Again, I the second person I didn't hit in short, in such short notice, mm-hmm. but uh, appreciate you. I know you got a busy, uh, hectic schedule over there. So um, to the realest person you'll ever meet, <laughs> AKA Thuggin, <laughs> Tiffany Danielle. That was Tiffany Danielle. Um, really good people. I've known her for some time. So uh, go check her out. You know, if you you know need some inspiration or if you're in the LA area and you need a therapist, uh, go check her out. So this next uh, time for this week's musical note, I think I'm going to stick with that for a while. <laughs> if you if you're new, I've been struggling with what to call this segment. Because my beautiful, my beautiful listeners, you know, haven't, I'll just say they haven't found the time to help me out with the name. And so, you know, or most of them, a couple of them have. So, so this week, um, you know, since we talked about Hammer a little bit in the episode, uh, I want to go back to a time where, you know, it was just after um, Please Hammer Don't Hurt Him. It's, It's 91. Hammer was on a tear through the music um, business. Please, Hammer, don't hurt him. It sold like 10 million, something wild like that. And Michael Jackson was gearing up to release Dangerous, which you know released in, I think, November of 91. And for some reason, now, you know, you remember Hammer. You remember the early 90s, right? First it was, I forgot the first album, but, you know, the one with, like, Turn His Mother Out and and uh, they put me in the mix and all that other kind of stuff. Hammer was still selling CDs out the trunk, tapes out the trunk. Like, you know, so when the record company came to him, he didn't he didn't really need him. He was kind of like a version of artist today. He was just like, no, I'm, I'm good. So, you know, they had to break bread with him. But when they finally did and the world got it, you know, especially with Can't Touch This, and the world got to see how, you know, what a dynamo uh, Hammer was really uh, on a performing tip. And, you know, he would so, you know, the money was coming in. So as we know, you know, Hammer was flying out all those people. He was giving jobs and he was flying out all those people, renting out, you know, airliners to, uh, you know, take these dancers and everywhere with him. Uh, and everybody else with him everywhere he went. But there was something about this new album, uh, Too Legit to Quit, that wasn't tracking like everybody thought it should have, especially after, you know, such a massive massive success in uh, with uh, Please Hammer Don't Hurt Him with, you know, can't touch this have you seen her you know all of those you know soft and wet you know all of those joints on there man you know so so now we are at too legit to quit and there's a video too legit, too legit to quit. 
And in this video, so the premise was that MC Hammer goes to see the Godfather of Soul, James Brown. James Brown is in the video, sitting on a throne in this huge room, you know, up some stairs on the throne. And Hammer says that, you know, I'm trying to get the torch passed on to me. What torch? I don't know. He said, but dude won't even look at me. You know, he won't even acknowledge me as a contender. And that's, you know, Michael Jackson. And uh, so Hammer gives him some, I'm sorry, um, James Brown gives him some shots. Yeah, listen, I, I, I guess I had forgot <laughs> what was going on, but the, the shit's wild. So Hammer, I mean, I'm sorry, it, James Brown gives Hammer like some, Hadoukens and you know he knocks Hammer all over the room with his soul and Hammer gets up and he's like oh I'm ready Godfather and for some reason Hammer doesn't have a shirt on and I'm not I'm not sure what's going on there but you know so Hammer go go watch this video it's wild and then you know the the bulk the meat of it is cool you know he's dancing oh before he leaves um the presence of James Brown James Brown says oh and when you come back, bring me the glove. I'm like, why would you? <laughs> like, I'm like, why would you do this? You know what I mean? Like, what's happening? And so, you know, they go through the whole, this whole elaborate video. And apparently the, the video was really, really expensive uh, for the time. And because, you know, video budgets back then were just, you know, music budgets, period. Album budgets were, were dumb. So he you know they go through the video and all of a sudden there is um at the very end of the video um there's a silhouette not a silhouette but like someone sitting there with a hat and you know you know long hair whatever and a glove on and you know they turn to him and he says you know, he doesn't say anything he just he he does too legit to quit with his hands you know how we used to do um yeah and and apparently you know after mike and hammer talked and hammer was hammer was uh hammer got the okay from from michael jackson for that and, and listen man if by some reason you don't you know you don't remember how big hammer was i'm talking about british knights hammer had a cartoon he was on like you know, he, they start doing that thing with Hammer. He may have been one of the first people where they include this big musical artist into this big music, you know, movie, the Adams Family movie. We actually did it with Bobby Brown with the Ghostbusters 2. But, you know, this was a thing they were doing, right? Merch and all of this stuff, you know. As I was playing the song, I'm, I'm like dancing in my seat, man. This was, back then, I thought I was, you couldn't tell me I, was, I wasn't going to be a backup dancer for bbd or abc um but i was really a big fan of you know hammer and that movement back then you know and uh so this song comes out and it's not tracking how they thought it was so hammer you know by this time being the savvy businessman that he was you know up to that point now i say savvy because again record companies had to come to him he was already selling 
you know, <laughs> you know, tapes out the trunk. I'm not talking about the wasting all the money, but that was, you know, we can argue that all day long. I think that was more of a less of a bad business decision, even though it proved to be, and more of like a, a my heart is too big situation. So, so Hammer starts, you know, trying to drum up some promotion for the album, you know, and 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 during this time, he questions um, whether or not not even questions, he, he challenges uh, Michael Jackson to a dance contest, all right? Now, anybody knows me knows I'm Team Shimon, but I'm not gonna lie to you, at the time, I was 10 years old or something like that, I was nine or 10, I was shooketh. Because <laughs> I understood what Hammer meant out there on that dance floor, you know what I mean? And obviously I understood what Mike meant, um, but yo, I was I was like, wait, what? You know, and I'm looking, so there's no footage of this, but what happened was Hammer was trying to drum up some some publicity for this. So what he did, he went to Michael and you know, he says Michael Jackson had rented this room above him at a hotel, like the whole room. And for a month he could hear Mike, you know rehearsing because because remember this is you know mid 91 michael jack like dangerous is coming out in late 91 in november so hammer goes to michael jackson he's like yo why don't we go on tour together let's go on tour together and then it could be like a dance contest me versus you and you know depending on who you ask you know, he considered it, but the truth is, you know, Mike Mike said, nah, he turned it down. And Mike was like, nah, we, don't, it's, it can never be me versus you because that's what they want, right? <laughs> but, but my God, just to think of what that would have meant at the time, you know, for them to go on tour together, but because the truth is, you know, Mike was, Mike didn't need Hammer. I mean, you know, th coming off Thriller, eight Grammys on off the wall, Thriller had done, you know, 20 million or 40 million, something like that. Who knows what it was by 91, um, you know, nine years later. And then Bad had done another 10 or 15. So Mike didn't need none of that, you know. So, um, and, you know, as you know, things kind of, uh, you know, curtailed a bit with, with Hammer after that. Um, you know, he didn't reach the same success that he did with Please Hammer Don't Hurt Him, but... Um, you know, just, just, I could just imagine the excitement at the time of people around thinking that this was about to happen. Because when I heard about it, I was like, oh no, this ain't about to happen. But, but in, on the inside, I was nervous. <laughs> I was definitely nervous. Um, and as you know, you know, Mike goes on to drop, um, the first song off of, um, that album of the dangerous album black or white remember the time and you know which along with black and white they would stop you know BET MTV Fox ABC NBC again another time you talk about appointment television you know they stopped all and again if you're listening to this and you don't know or don't remember they stopped all those channels 
two world premiere these videos from um, from uh, from from Michael Jackson. So um, just a, a great time, and, you know. And again, Dangerous will go on to do you know 10, 20 million, something like that. The usual <laughs> per use uh for michael jackson so um you know an exciting time in music history which was you know just over 30 years ago which is wild right um i said i was 10 now i, I think i was just i was just born that's what it was i was an infant somebody told me about all this i don't remember it shut up do not judge me but you good people I, that is the end hope you enjoyed uh, the musical note from this week that is the end of this episode Hope you've enjoyed the whole thing. Um, you know, we got in a little a little, uh, a little, quicker this week, right? <laughs> we got in a little quicker. I'm usually about an hour 20. And, you know, I wanted to get them. Now, some, some people tell me, hey, it doesn't matter if I'm on a treadmill, if I'm working out, if I'm driving. I enjoy listening to it, you know. So, uh, so we'll see. You know, I'll see how people respond to this episode. Um, but again, I just, just wanted to put this out there again. If you all can... Obviously, um, I want you to hit that subscribe button if you haven't already, but also hit your notifications buttons um, so that you can uh, hear about it, you know, when, when the episode pops up and not just be subscribed, but actually get the notifications uh, along with going to rate us. Please rate us and then you know, leave a comment, you know, if you can, when you get a chance. I know we got busy lives, but, you know, those are the kind of things that are going to help me get uh, noticed and uh, we get noticed to get more. Um, you know, more listeners and so on and so forth. Okay. So I'm going to end this week, same way I do every week uh, with words from um, the guru, the master uh, Quincy Jones, who said, let's um, not, let's try and not be so full of ourselves, uh, but instead let's always leave space for God to walk into the room. Let's go.